so you can pass the buckets. Um, so good evening, thanks for coming. And um, real quick, we'll just do a, kind of a quick review of last time. And, um, and then um, from that, we'll go into uh, bringing the vision to pass and fulfilling your purpose. And can you all hear me okay? I can't know if I can hear myself or not. But, um, and then bringing the vision to pass, fulfilling your purpose. And uh, what, how do we do that? And then um, a little bit of leading into the next thing is this is a year of acceleration, um, speeding up the time. I believe God is speeding up the time, and, and this will be a year of acceleration. And then the last thing we'll talk about um, is uh, keep the momentum going. Keep the momentum going. We, uh, Pastor Mark started praying, as I said this morning, Pastor Mark started praying in, uh, in December this year, not waiting till January, um, because he wanted to build momentum going into 2023, because... As we said, you know, 2023 is going to be a year of jubilee. It's a year of acceleration. It's going to be, I believe, a culmination, as pastors talked about this before, of all the years that God has prepared for us. So, as I said, even this morning, we don't have time to get into unbelief. We don't have time to waver. Um, we don't have time um, to, well, is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is this true? Is it not true? And as we'll see... We got to keep the momentum going. We got to keep this going yeah. because this is going to be an amazing year. And uh, so vision, what we talked about last week, vi vision is creating, a, this is from the Hebrew definition, um, it's creating a mental image. And, um, you know, scientists say that your brain releases the same chemicals or whatever it is. If you think about a vision coming to pass as when you actually experience it, you can get the same feeling, um, you know, the same feeling of, uh, euphoria, or, or you can also get the same feeling of defeat if that's the way you're wired um, and see things in the negative. But you can see the same, uh, have the same experience. Um, you can experience the outcome before it happens. And, you know, as we said, that's the way athletes train. They see themselves being successful before the, it even happens. And, you know, um, remember the spies Moses sent out to spy out the land, Joshua and Caleb and 10 others. We don't even know the 10 others' name, but we know Joshua and Caleb because they came back with a good report. And they came back, all of them said the same thing. Oh, it's an amazing land. It's filled with flowing with milk and honey. But 10 of them said, we're not able, we're grasshoppers, the land will devour us. Two said, we're well able, let's go in and take it. And the thing about it, both of their visions, both of what they saw, both of the mental image came to pass. Two came in and saw it, 10 didn't. And so that's how powerful that is. Um, the second thing we talked about last time was that God has commanded a blessing on your life. God has commanded it. Uh, you can read Deuteronomy 28, and um, it says that these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. They'll, they'll come upon you and chase you down. And, um, and so the Lord, uh, Deuteronomy 28.8 says the Lord has commanded a blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. That tells me that, that I don't have to worry about, you know, I'm, I'm diligent to know the state of my affairs, but, you know, God has commanded a blessing on my checkbook. God has commanded a blessing on my 401k. I, I don't have to get involved in the stock market every single minute of every single day because God has commanded a blessing on everything that I put my hand to, including my storehouses, my, my business, all that kind of stuff. He's commanded a blessing on that. And then um, Numbers uh, 23... 19 and 20, 
God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. And the thing of it is, you know, we, we read these scriptures and we just say, yeah, yeah, okay, right. But this is in the Bible. You know, this is in the Bible. There is a blessing on your life. And we need to take that seriously. And we need to believe God at his word that the, I'm blessed, man. I am blessed. And then Galatians 3 says, Christ is, re this brings it all together. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, that the blessing may come upon us through faith. So we are the only ones who can reverse the blessing that God has commanded on our lives. And then um, number three of last week, your turning point is the blessing realized. The, your turning point will be the blessing realized. So, and then, uh, so um, begin talking about what we talked about, uh, what we're talking about tonight. The first thing is bringing the vision to pass, fulfilling your purpose. And in uh, Genesis chapter 12, um, you know, I put this on my, uh, my kids' mirror when they were in middle school growing up. So um, in Genesis 12, chapter 1, 2, 3, no, I'm just kidding. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house <laughs> to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You think that's funny, but our daughter, Casey, she would like, go at middle school, she'd go to bed at like midnight. She'd be working on some project. And uh, she loves arts and crafts, and um, it became her career, so praise God. But you couldn't get her to go to sleep. You know, it's like midnight, and I'm going, come on, Casey. And then uh, in the morning, we couldn't get her out of bed, you know. And she's like a little bear in people clothes. And, and uh, so you'd have to, I'd literally drag her in the car. And so getting her to go to school, and she would be so grumpy. And so I'd be driving to school, and I said, okay, I'm going to fall asleep, Casey. So I'd pretend like I was asleep driving to school. And she'd crawl over, get on the console, and start steering. And immediately she'd cheer up. So that was my cheer up thing to get Casey to middle school and uh, be able to handle it. So. I did think about putting that scripture on the mirror after that. Um, so when you think about this, um, and this is important, God did this in Abraham. He commanded the blessing on him, right? In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And now he's doing it through Abraham to us. So he did it to Abraham, now through Abraham to us who are in Christ. And, and that's how the blessing flows. It went in Abraham, um, through Abraham to us. And he gave him a purpose um, and a vision. And it's, he said he gave him a purpose to be a great nation, right? Well, that great nation became the church. That's what the church is. The great nation that God told Abraham way back in the beginning that you will be a, a great nation. And that's the church. And we're living it out right now. So God is not a man that he should lie. So, um, and then he said, I will bless you to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. So be one, right? Be one. You're blessed to be a blessing. Be one. And we all have a purpose to be a blessing, something bigger than us. When I, um, um, shortly after I started with um, the company that I'm with, um, the owner, actually one of the family members of the corporation, came to our branch and, uh, and he, he, he said, uh, and I already remember this because 
we have a purpose. I just said we have a purpose. And he said, contrary to what you may think, you are not here just to take up space. And you are not here just to deplete the oxygen supply. You are here for a purpose. Amen. You are here for a purpose. And um, we're a sales organization. And he said, nothing happens in this organization until someone sells a window. There's no beans to count. There's no anything to deliver. There's no warehouse. There's nothing. Nothing happens until someone sells a window. All we do, we don't manufacture anything. We just move product from A to B. Our purpose. That was our purpose. And it stuck with me all these years because it, it reminds me all the time. We have a purpose. God has written a book about you. And I'll guarantee you there's nothing in that book. When you get to heaven, there's nothing in that book that said, oh, I gave him five years off. Uh, he finished his purpose early, so I just gave him a, you know, the rest of the time off. He didn't. We have a purpose until the day we die. We have a purpose, and it's up to us to find it. So um, finding our purpose. You know, I've, I've questioned this many times. You know, um, Lord, what is my purpose? Or, Lord, am I fulfilling my purpose? And we've probably all had those questions. And, and so right now, um, Jan and I are beginning a transition from my career now to what's next. And so I took some time off over Christmas, and, and, you know, it was in the middle of the day, and I think I was watching a movie, and she said, well, what are you going to do when you retire? And I said, exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and she said, oh, no, you're not. So we're still transitioning. But God still has a purpose. And my purpose, the next chapter of our lives is, you know, God will bring it to pass. And so, um, you know, the thing is, it may not come as a bright light. It may not be the light might not just immediately come on. And it may not be a sudden revelation. But it may be a, just a leading. It may be an unction that, God, this is, this is where I'm leading you. This is, or if God is talking to you, this is, I'm leading you where, um, where I want you to go. And um, it could be um, Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus said the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you by the way that you should go. And so, you know, you, we're here for such a time as this. No, there's no, you know, there's no accidents. And we're here for a purpose. And, you know, like I said, it may be a goal or it may be a dream um, that you've ha always had. Um, and maybe it's become dormant. You know, maybe, you know, years ago you just thought, man, this is, this is why I'm here. And, uh, and but, but the Bible said God, God gives life to the dead and calls those things that don't exist as though they did. So maybe now... God is calling those things back to life. Those things that you, you thought maybe were dormant, that you thought were impossible, because remember, what's impossible with God is possible, or with in, impossible with you is possible with God. Um, maybe now, maybe now is the time that those things are coming back to life. And to take them off the shelf and, and start breathing new life into them. And pastors talked about this this morning, Psalm 20. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purposes. In Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and answer you. You know, pastor talked about this on Sunday morning that, you know, spend time with God and just ask him, Lord, what do you think about me? You know, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts towards me? And, um, and you know, it's just amazing that if you'll get out of the noise and into the quiet and just say, Lord, um, you know, he'll show you great and mighty things, things that you do not know. And, um, and then 
Isaiah 42, 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. The former, the past is the past. They've already been there. And new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell them, um, I tell you of them. And so there again, it's taking the time to spend time with the Lord, um, discovering our purpose, and, and then listen. And then just listen. And, and God will show you great and mighty things. And he, it's um, amazing. <laughs> and and uh, so, as, like I said, as we've been transitioning, I've been spending more time saying, Lord, what's, what's next? You know, I don't want to do this when I'm doing all my life. And, and, uh, and what's next? And, you know, and it's just become a little glimpse. It's become a glimpse here and a, a glimpse there. But something Bucky and I talked about a while back, he said, he'll keep you busy with the joy of your heart. So no matter what God is transitioning you in, what the next phase is, and it, and it could be, like I say, it could be you're 20 or you're my age. Um, God, will, God said he'll keep you busy with the joy of your heart. You know, he doesn't want you in a dead-end job that you hate. You know, he'll keep you busy with the joy of your heart. And so that's, that's part of our confession. Lord, thank you. I'm, you know, and, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. So he's leading you and positioning for new things. And, and we've got to be open to those new things. We can't just pass them off as... As uh, I've heard that before, um, but um, I know that there's some people here that God is leading you to get involved in an area of the church. And w when when we started with the church years ago, when we were first married, um, the economy was bad, and uh, so the Lord kept leading me to volunteer. Um, the church had just done a remodeling project, and and I was a carpenter at the time, and and He kept kind of leading me to get involved and um you know i at first i was like lord you know i need to look for work you know i don't need to volunteer for work i need to look for work and uh but it kept that that leading and that unction and so um we were doing this so i went in and and uh we needed shelves in all the closets and and you know that's not something that gets a lot of attention Ooh, look at those beautiful shelves who built those they're behind the closet door and uh so the Lord said, you know, so I just said, what can I do? And they said, man, we really need these closets. So I, so I would go there at, at night after, after work, and it was amazing. As soon as I started, we didn't have cell phones at the time. As soon as I started, our phone started ringing. Hey, we need this little remodel project. Some of them wasn't great, but it paid the bills. We need our roof shoveled. There was a lot of snow in Grand Lake. <laughs> you ever been on a roof with three feet of snow four stories up? It's not fun. But, uh, but it paid the bills, and, and we were grateful for it. And, uh, um, but you know what? From that time on, from that time on, it was just that leading that I, I started listening to that, um, to the Holy Ghost and that still small voice, and it was amazing. It, God always provided for us. Um, there was always provision. And, and so, but it also taught me that um, no matter where you're at, Financially, no matter where you're at in your business, how busy you are, you can be a blessing. You can be a blessing. God's blessed you with something that you can be a blessing, that only you can be a blessing for. So, um, um, so be open to it. And then he's positioning you for promotion and increase. And God is putting you in position for promotion and increase. And so take advantage of it. You know, we used to say all, all the time, opportunity is where you find it. Opportunity is where you find it. So, you know, if you're always looking down at the ground and thinking how bad things are, well, that's your opportunity, you know. But if you're looking up, like God told Abraham, look up, 
to the north, south, east, and west and see what I'm seeing. Let me show you great and mighty things. If that's what you're looking for, you'll find the opportunity. And, and this will be, as we always say, this will be your best year. Um, so new things. God is bringing new things. New things in your business. New things in your personal life. New things in your area of ministry, what God has called you to do. New things. And so be prepared. Be prepared for great and mighty things. And so when those things come, we don't miss it. You know, be prepared. Um, be prepared for a, for a turning point in your future. So the next thing is, is kind of the, um, you know, the how-to or whatever, uh, bringing it to pass. So how do we bring it to pass? And the, the first question is, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? And, um, uh, you know, is it just a wish that just, oh, yeah, we're talking about it now. So, oh, this would be great. Um, is it just a wish? Um, is it something that you're really passionate about? Um, could, you, could you really say, if it's up to me, failure wouldn't be an option? I, I want it that bad. I, I, failure just isn't an option. And um, if it is, then you need to write it down. You need to write it down. And like I said, um, how bad do you want it? Because if you want it bad enough, you'll write it down. And um, if, if you don't, you won't. And... Um, so this has worked many, many times. It's worked for me many times. It, it's worked from losing weight to putting the first man on the moon in the late 60s. And it's, it, it works. But you have to do it. If you don't do it, it won't work. And, you know, we've, we've paid off debt. We've got, out, we've got out of debt. We've paid off our cards, credit cards, um, achieved sex, success in my career beyond my own ability. And um, we've, able to be in, we've been able to be a blessing, and, um, and most of it supernaturally. We look back on it now and just say, wow, you know, you are so good, God. And, um, you know, it's just a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And so it's a real simple formula, um, but like I said, it only works if you do it. And um, so here it is, three words, what, when, next. What, when, next? And what is, what, what is the goal? What is the vision? What is it? Um, next, or n when, what, when, next? When, when's your timeline? You've got to have a timeline. Can't be open-ended. When, when do you want this to happen? And um, uh, you have to have a definite time frame. And then next, what's the first step? What's the very first step? What's the next step, the next step, the next step? And um, all the while, you're talking to the Holy Spirit. You're, you're just partnering with the Holy Spirit. And he said he'll show you things to come. So the what, when, next. Um, you know, like I said, it worked to get our first man on the moon in 1960. I've probably said this before in different places. But in 1960, um, Russia was literally kicking our you-know-what in the space program. And uh, so President Kennedy said, um, you know, we got to catch up. And so... He had a, a vision and a goal. I'm going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade, by the end of the 60s. So that was the what. And it was going to be at the time. Um, so what was get a man on the moon? When was by the end of the decade? And, and what's next? And next is the next part was a tough part because it was going to be $6 billion. And back then, $6 billion was like $5 trillion today probably. And, uh, but he said, you know what? I can't, I can't ask the American people for all at once. So I'll just ask for a billion. 
and, and I'll take little steps. So he said, what's next? First step, second step, third step. And in 1969, we were the first nation to put a man on the moon. What went next? It worked. And it will work for you if you do it. So um, that's how simple it is, but you got to use it if you're really passionate about it and you want it to work. It will work. Um, so it's, that's kind of a simple formula, um, but it honestly really works. And uh, um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is this is a year of acceleration. And in Mark eleven twenty two through 24, you already know the scripture. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. For, I sure, for assuredly, a sure thing, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So when did he say you'll have the things? When, we, when did he say you'll have it? He said when you pray and when you believe. When you pray and believe, that's when you'll have them. Not when you see it in the natural. You'll have it when you pray. And then... Um, So, he cursed, this whole story was because he cursed the fig tree the day before because there was no figs on it, right? He was hungry, and he went to get some fruit off it, and there was no fruit, so he cursed the fig tree. So, he cursed. That fig tree died. It was cursed the second he spoke to it, but it didn't happen immediately. There was a time frame, right? And the next morning, but it only took 20, less than 24 hours. The next morning, the... Uh, um, the next morning, his disciples went by and they said, look, Jesus, the, the fig tree you cursed is, has already withered. And when you think about that, if, if you cut down a tree, you cut down your Christmas tree, um, you know, it's dead the second you cut it down, but you get to use it all Christmas. So there's a moment, of, there's a period of time between when you cut it down and when you can actually see it wither. And, but that happened so quickly. That happened in less than 24 hours that he cursed the tree and it withered. That's the acceleration that we're talking about right now, that time will be accelerated. And um, so there's a period of time between um, when you speak to it, when you believe it, and the manifestation. And as I said, it will be greatly accelerated. Um, in John chapter 2, the water was instantly turned to wine. He said, fill the water pots full of wine, and, t and when you take it to the master of the feast, take it out. Instantly turned um, to wine, and the master of the feast said, this is the best wine. You saved the best to last. So how long does it take to make the best wine? 20 to 30 years, right? The time was greatly accelerated to where it took instantly. And so that's what we're talking about this year. We've been talking about restore. Say restore. Um, um, in uh, Isaiah 42, 22, it says, my people have been plundered. And they've been robbed from and stolen from, yet nobody says restore. Nobody says restore. So it's taken years and years and years to get to this point. But God said, people say restore. We'll speed up the time. Um, you know, we're believing and, and honestly seeing that things that would normally take 20 to 30 years, a mortgage, a car, um, a new car, 30, not 20, 30 years, but 
things that would take normally take years and years will be done this year. It'll be taken care of in 2023 because we're saying restore and we're believing all the culmination, as Pastor said, all the culmination of the things that we've, we've talked about for years are coming to pass now. And, and um, there's been, um, you know, other people seeing the same thing. Pastor Mark said he was talking to somebody and they, were, they said the same thing. People are seeing the same thing that 2023, this is the year of Jubilee. This year is the culmination of the year that all these things that we've been believing for are going to come to pass. And, but that's what I said and, and Zane and I and uh, we're talking about it before the service that, you know, we don't have time to waver. We don't have time to say, Lord, God, you know, God, I don't know if this is going to come to pass. It's never worked before. You know, I've been sick for so long. I just don't, don't see myself getting well. You know, we don't have time for that. We just have to have the same sense of urgency. Jesus didn't have time to wait a month for the wine, right, or 20 years for the wine because they were at the wedding feast. They needed it right now. He didn't have time um, when he cursed the fig tree to come back 15, 20 days later. He was already on the cross at that time, I think. Um, he didn't have time to wait, and there's a sense of urgency, and we need to carry that same sense of urgency. So this is a year of acceleration, and um, so we've been declaring 2023 to be a year of jubilee. Mortgages, car payments, credit card debts that have years will be eliminated. And as Pastor Marsh, uh, Tasha said, Pastor Tasha said, by this time next year, by this time next year. But, you know, unbelief, and like I said before, I just said, unbelief won't get it done. You know, unbelief, taking God at his word as the absolute truth will get it done. But unbelief won't get it done. We'll be saying the same thing this time next year. <laughs> If we don't believe, um, but there will be supernatural acceleration. And honestly, people and prophets have been talking about this for years, that there is going to come a day when all this is going to happen. There's a, the Bible says that there's going to be a wealth transfer. Um, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And we've seen a deterioration of the world's financial system year after year after year. And, and so that time is coming. That time is accelerating. Um, we had to pass a new debt ceiling law. Um, you know, which is like you overmatched your credit card. And so all these things are coming to pass and they're all part of what was spoken, that there'll be a wealth transfer. And, you know, when you think about it, the same wealth when God created the universe is in the earth today. All the same wealth. It didn't go anywhere. It just transfers. It just transfers. And, you know, if you look at um, the amount of wealth if you just go up and down the coast of California, we were just in Scottsdale, in Florida. I mean, yacht after yacht after yacht and multi-million dollar home after multi-million dollar home. There is so much wealth. And, and I'm not saying all those people are sinners and it's going to be brought up to us. I'm just saying that wealth that God created in the beginning is still in the earth today. And, and there's going to be, it's laid up for the just. That's what the Bible says. Not what I say. It's what the Bible says. But... Like I said, unbelief won't get it done. Unbelief will not get it done. And, um, and so the thing is, are you cursing a sickness, disease, anxiety, depression, lack, or some other financial issue? Are you standing against that? Because the moment you spoke against it, it happened. The moment you spoke against it. So maybe if it's lingering, 
maybe now you're wavering. And, but the moment you cursed it, it's cursed. You may not see it, just like if you cut down a, a Christmas tree, you're not going to see it tomorrow. But the moment you spoke to it and believed it, it's done. And like I say, you may not feel it and you may not see it. But if you cursed it and you believe it, it's done. So, um, you know, I bought Jan roses one time, just once. Um, <laughs> so I bought her these roses one time, and they were just these little buds. And uh, so, you know, I bring them home, and we trim the stems and put them in water. And, you know, in a little bit of time, they finished blooming. They became full-size roses. They're all pretty. And, uh, but the thing was, they were dead when I bought them, right? They were dead when I bought them. But they still bloomed, and they still looked, appeared, they had life in them, but they didn't. They were dead. And even though, you know, they looked all pretty and everything, they smelled pretty, they were dead. And that's the thing that we got to think about when we curse something, it's dead. It doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what it smells like, doesn't matter, you know, how, how it appears to be or how I feel about it. If you believe it, it's done. It's done, period. And um, that's how serious Jesus is about his word. Now, it has to be according to the will of God. You know, it can't be out of the will of God and expect something like that to happen. It just doesn't. Um, um, that's in the Bible, too. <laughs> but a week later, you know, they wilted and we just threw them away. And um, so the thing is, we cannot get discouraged um, between the time that we speak it and believe it um, until the time we see the manifestation of it. We cannot get discouraged. And in Joshua 1.3, it says... Um, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So God told Joshua, every place that your foot will tread upon, it's already yours. It's not your, what your foot has tread upon. It's about what your foot will tread upon. And so we need to look at that when, when we're thinking about vision and talking about vision that that. God told Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, in other words, whatever I go, whatever I do will be successful. I will succeed and I will prosper um, because God's been there before me. God went ahead of Joshua, so that's why he could say, I've given you, as I said to Moses. Um, then God told him several times not to get discouraged along the way. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? He said like four times before this, three times. Um, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In First Chronicles 28, 20, and David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. So the thing is, we cannot get discouraged. We can't get discouraged because there is a time between when we believe it and the manifestation of it. And, and that's one of the most important things that, you know, it may seem like nothing's happening. doesn't seem like my debt's getting paid off. doesn't seem like, you know, the sickness is going anywhere. But don't get discouraged because it is. It is. It's just that time period between when you believed and the manifestation of it. And it's just the, the process. And, you know, if it worked for David, 
if it worked for Saul or David, and if it worked for what God told Joshua, it will certainly work for us. We will see those things come to pass. Um, so we need to, it says in Micah, remain in anticipation. Remain in anticipation. Um, so the next thing um, is, um, is uh, keep the momentum going. And um, as I said earlier, Pastor started praying this year different than any other year. And, and it was, uh, to me, you know, he said, and then it, while we were talking about turning point, um, because he, he said, saw the same thing that I saw. We never even talked to each other, that this would be the year of Jubilee. Um, and so there's a sense of urgency to it. There's a, you know, um, because of this, because of seeing things, we don't want it to pass by. And so he started praying um, for 2023 in December to build momentum going into the new year, right? He wanted to go into the new year, not wait until the end of January to, to see this momentum going. He wanted to see it, you know, go into the year with the momentum. And so if you think about a game, um, you know, when a team builds momentum, if you watch the playoffs today, Cincinnati had all of it. Um, um, when a team has momentum, it's really, really hard to stop them. And the opposing team will try everything they can to stop it. They'll take a timeout. They'll fake an injury. They'll ice the puck. They'll do anything they can to stop the other team's momentum because it, that works. You've got to stop the momentum. And we have the momentum going in, into this year. I don't know if you guys um, feel it, you believe it. I don't know what it is, but I do. And... Um, so we have the momentum going into this year of all the things that we've been declaring, all the things we've been talking about. Pastor Mark has said for years and years and years, God is, has, is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. And, and all that is a culmination of what's happening now. And so we have the momentum and the enemy is going to try everything to stop it. He will try everything to stop it because that's, that's his job. Um, you know, that's when he got kicked out of heaven. That's what he does. And, uh, um, and, you know, we may be feeling it already. Um, we may see some circumstances come, some unexpected bills or expenses and distractions, keeping you from, you know, seeing your vision, keeping you, you know, try to blind you from seeing the big picture and, um, and discouragement. But the thing of it is we cannot let discouragement, we cannot let distractions we we cannot let those things get in the way of of having the vision fulfilled and you know we've been declaring restore we've been declaring um as, as we've spoken several times um as god said nobody says restored and and you know jesus said speak to that mountain and tell it to be removed and be cast into the sea and if you don't doubt you'll have whatever you say and um, um, I want to read this in in First John, and I didn't I didn't write it down, but um, I've been feeling it all day. <laughs> and so uh, in First John, chapter First um, John, um, chapter five, and verse fourteen, it says, "Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. This is the confidence that we have in Him." That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears it. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And so, you know, that's extremely powerful right now that if you have any confidence in God at all, if you have any confidence, which I know you do, I know we have all kinds of confidence. We know that we know that we know that God can do whatever he wants. But the confidence that we need to have in him is that if we ask anything according to his will, whatever it is according to his will, we have confidence that he hears us. We have confidence that he hears us. And a lot of people don't have that confidence. A lot, a lot of people, because of their upbringing, because of circumstances, because of situations, they don't think that they deserve anything. And, and that's not what this says. This says this is the confidence that we have in him, in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know, we know that he, um, we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So I just encourage you to do this. The next time you're standing believing anything, remind God. If you, can't, if you can't believe, remind God. God, this is what you said, that we can have confidence in you. We can have confidence in you that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear me. You're hearing what I'm saying. That I'm asking you this according to your will. And we know that if you hear us, we'll have those petitions that we have. That's powerful. That is so powerful that if you just think about it, if you just meditate on that, that the fact that God loves you so much, he loves you so much that he sent Jesus, but he loves you so much and he wants to bless you so much, just like you want to bless your kids. Um, He loves you so much that we can have this confidence, this confidence that anything we ask according to his will, we know that he hears us. That is powerful. (laughs) That is powerful. And God is so good. And so um, don't give in. Keep your eye on the prize, right? When everything looks dark, when it doesn't seem like it's happening, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize like he told, like it says in, in Psalm, um, or like he, sorry, in, in uh, it was Genesis chapter 15, he told Abraham, look up, look up from where you are. Look up from your sorry situation and look to the north, south, east, and west, and I'll show you what I've given you. I'll show you great and mighty things, but we can't. We won't see great and mighty things if we're looking at the dirt, if we're discouraged and we're not, we're not seeing what God sees and, or what God is showing us. And so declare increase over your lack. You know, lack, there's no lack in heaven. And if God's will is to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we can't have lack here. But yet we have lack. And so we need to declare, curse that lack. We need to declare that that lack is, is cursed. We're declaring increase over lack. Do not let up. Do not let up. This is your year of jubilee. And the the thing of it is, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste this year and let this year. Time goes so fast that another year will come and gone. And this is the year, though. I I honestly, honestly believe from the bottom of my heart, this is the year. And I just want to close with this. Um, We still got a couple minutes left. And I just want to close with this, another uh, verse of scripture that's been on my heart. And uh, it is um, Psalm 107. And it says this. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, 
who, has, who he has redeemed from the an- hand of the enemy. And then he goes on to say everything that were redeemed to him. But he, the first thing he says is, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So when you're facing a situation that Jesus already redeemed us from on the cross, we need to say we're redeemed. We need to stand up and not settle and just go throughout our day thinking, oh, man, I can't believe this is happening. No, we need to say, I'm redeemed from that. And then he talks about the things that we're redeemed from. And then he says this, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful gifts to the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks to his goodness. He's saying it, that we're not thanking God enough. We're not thanking God enough for his goodness and his wonderful gifts to the, to the children of men. And then he sends another eight verses or so, and he's talking about his goodness and his wonderful gifts to the children of men. And then in verse 15, he says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful gifts to the children of men. Says it again, eight chapters later. Oh, that men, you know, we need to thank God for his goodness every day in the midst in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, we need to thank God every single day for his goodness and his wonderful gifts to the, um, um, for uh, his wonderful gifts to the, to the children of men. And then he, then um, a few verses later, he changes it up and he says, um, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all his destructions. And then he gets right back into it. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And so he talks about all of God's goodness and everything God's doing for him. And then it's like they forget. And a few verses later in verse 31, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And you kind of see the pattern here. He's telling us that we need to thank God for his goodness as much as as often as we breathe, we need to thank God for his goodness. We just need to spend the day thanking God for his goodness and his wonderful gifts to the children of men because God is good. Amen? God is good. He's a great, and, and, uh, and this year, and this year will, be, will be a year of increase, a year of um, prosperity, of success. The, the blessing means, it means empowerment. That's what the blessing is, empower. It means empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed, and empowered to excel. Prosperity is nothing missing, nothing broke. And I'm not talking about just finances. Nothing missing, nothing broke means in any area of your life, in your health, in your finances, every area of your life, nothing missing, nothing broke. And this is the year that God wants to see this through. He didn't just write this in the book for a pipe dream. He wrote it for us so we could live it and walk it and be a witness and, you know, I, I, Isaac was so blessed that the, the Philistines envied him because they saw the blessing on, on his life. And, and God is bringing that right now. God wants to bring that to you right now that the people say, whoa, what happened? What happened to you? And that's what God is doing right now. That's what he's doing right now. So hopefully you got a little something out of that. And um, let's, just, uh, let's just thank God. For his goodness. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word. Because we know that every, 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 every scripture of your word is a promise from you, Lord. And all your promises have their yes and amen. And no matter what promise we're standing on, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you and declare it. 
that you've already provided for it. Because as we just read in, in, in 1 John chapter 5, that we have this confidence in you, Lord. All our confidence, my confidence is not in my past. My confidence is not in my own ability. My confidence is in you. Because you said, whatever we ask, according to your will, you hear us. And if you hear us, we know that we have what we ask. No matter what that is, if it's according to your will. And Lord, we just thank you right now for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness over New Creation Church. We thank you for your goodness over Pastor Mark and Tasha. And we just thank you so much for them. That all of the years, they've been such a blessing. And let us not forget every single day, Lord, to thank you for their faithfulness. And to bring them up before you for their faithfulness. Because they have been so faithful um, throughout all these years. And such a blessing. And, and I just speak the blessing over each and every person here. That you bless New Creation Church to be a blessing. You bless each and every person here to be a blessing. And we'll heed every single word. We'll heed every word that we will do exactly what you've called us to do. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for your goodness and your wonderful works to the children, to every person in here for all your wonderful works. We're going to see great and mighty things, things that we haven't seen before, Lord. We're going to see them. And we're going to have testimonies after testimony after testimony after testimony of the great and mighty things that you're doing for this body. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. We're going to see some mighty, mighty testimonies amen. that only God could do. Amen? That only God can do. So you can go ahead and um, stand to your feet. And we can say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus, what God did in Christ Jesus far, exceeds. far exceeds any damage done to me. By Adam's fall. By Adam's fall. Well, um, you can be dismissed and make it a great week. And we know Sunday there'll be testimonies. Sunday we're going to have marvelous testimonies because we're thanking God for his goodness. Amen.